Well, hello everybody. Welcome to season three, episode four. It is the best Scott beat. It's been a while. I'm your host, Nathan Judah. I'm delighted to be joined, as ever, by also reporter Mr. Liam King. Liam, come in, Liam. Lockdown, hello, Liam. Are you still there? <laughs> you still with us? I'm still here, mate. I'm still here. Yeah, it's been a while, isn't it? It's um, they, what Luke had a bit of holiday. I had a bit of holiday. I think it sort of it just turned out that we had a little mini hiatus. But uh, no, it's good to be back, despite. Uh, Despite being back talking about not particularly good circumstances from the weekend, but well, no. forget about that. We don't. It's not what a podcast is about talking about Walsall, man. We've got to go through the banter bit first before we talk about what we saw on the the, the dross we saw on the pitch on Saturday. So we've got let's let, let's let's raise the spirits first. Raise the spirits. What did you do over the weekend? Did you uh, did you have a whiskey after Saturday? Did you uh, did you watch the golf over the weekend? Was it Formula One for you? Was it NFL? What kind of what, wow. what, what was your go to? Uh, all three of the sports you've just mentioned, um, I don't watch. Wow. Um, <laughs> I... One second, one second. Let me just cross off the, the banter bit of the section. Okay, that's, uh, <laughs> I, I, that's I, struggling. I, I, we'll go, we'll go. I, I was going to say I'm actually on a bit of a challenge at the moment, so I didn't have a whiskey because I'm not drinking for the whole of November. Really? So, what's your normal tipple? What's, what's your go to? Because um, what are you? 17, 16? <laughs> <laughs> no, um, I feel a lot older. I am. I, you know what? It's interesting. Listen to this. I feel so. It's going to make you feel so old. But I feel, go on. I was talking to the, uh, the missus the other day and uh, she was speaking to her sister and um, he, he was, I think, 20, 19, 20. Yeah. And her sister, she said to her sister, oh, it's Liam turns 24 next month. 24. Her sister's response was, 24? That's like a proper adult. Oh! <laughs> I, was, I was like, bloody hell, thanks for that. That's yeah. gross. I, I just turned in 24 and I feel like about 34, the way I'm getting, <laughs> the way I'm getting treated by, uh, by the family-in-law. I feel 17, mate, and I'm 40 next month, so... No, this month, I'm 40. I'm next week, I'm 40. Bloody hell. Blimey, that is a big one. Jesus Christ. Can't wait to do it in lockdown, mate, with a fish and chips <laughs> supper and a can of Coke. Oh, that'd be nice. No, my, uh, no, my, my tip... I, I do like a, a bourbon, a nice uh, bourbon whiskey. Chocolate? <laughs> well, I, do. I can't I do whiskey. I'd love to be able to drink whiskey, because, let's be honest... You know, you go to a nice bar, you're in Vegas. I mean, it's great. I'd love to be able to be dressed up, nice jeans, maybe a suit jacket. I'll have an old-fashioned, but I, I can't stand the taste of whiskey. I can't take it. I quite, I like it leisurely to drink, but also, I mean, I've said it on here a few times, a few uh, uni stories from my uh, <laughs> from my young days. You know, some well, you can mention, some you can't. Yeah, well, I, feel, I, feel, I pretty much mentioned all of them, I think, on here. Um, and we, yeah, I do love a whiskey, but for me, more regularly, whiskey is more sort of intermittent. I'll occasionally have one, but mm. more, more regularly, I'm just a straight up pale ale or a lager man, no messing around. So I'd love to be able to to drink a whiskey and smoke a, smoke a big fat cigar, Cuban in the corner, and look the absolute don. But never smoked a cigarette in my life, let alone a cigar. Wouldn't know what you would start, and and you know, like you say, give me um. Give me a lager shandy or something like that. Actually, I said, what am I saying? A glass of champagne to start lager the evening. Lager shandy. Just trying, to, you know, just, trying to, just trying to bed in with the peeps, you know what I mean? Well, as soon as the clock ticks over into December 1st, I'm going to be straight down to Tesco picking up a 18 crate of Corona. For Go on, my son. For on, on offer again. Oh, yeah. Oh, on good. offer again. I see those crates as every time I go to Sainsbury's, Corona on offer. Oh, God, so nice. Um, but no, in, in terms of the sports, uh, I did boxing the, the boxing, boxing, mate. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I watched the boxing. Rachel Ball did us all proud. Mm. Um, I had a couple of people remind me when I was saying the Warsaw boxer. People were saying she's from Aldridge. I mean, Aldridge, Aldridge you, I know, it's Warsaw. Ball, Aldridge, you know what I mean? It's in, it's in Warsaw, but uh, <laughs> and uh, and yeah, uh, I mean, she. I thought she did brilliantly. I mean, especially that sixth and seventh round, she really sort of turned it on. Um, I thought she boxed way better than last last fight, actually. In, yeah, in, I, I in a agree. bizarre way. Do you I know agree, what I mean? Yeah. Well, I think... She looked confident. She looked more relaxed. She looked like, okay, I'm, I'm here. You know, I, I, I believe I'm here. You know, I've got, I've got the right to be here now, which, which, which is massive, really, when you, when you're trying to own that ring. Yeah, definitely. She, uh, it's difficult to gauge really in terms of uh, the opponent because the opponent, uh, Guani, is, is very experienced. Uh, is a world champion at, um, at flyweight uh, or superfly, whichever it is, and um, she. She, I mean, she, as I said, she's got more fights than Ball. She's very experienced, but she had the ten days' notice. She had weight issues, so she came into it. And to be honest, she didn't do she didn't do very much. I mean, I actually had it a little bit closer 
on my scores and the judges did the judges had it 99 to 1 99 to 2 so they yeah they were massacred didn't they really they, they absolutely had it way in it. I had Guani maybe having one or two rounds extra but it was very very easily in in Bull's favour and uh, I thought I thought she did really really well I, mean, I thought the first as I said the first five rounds I thought were a bit tighter maybe three to two but then from then onwards I, I struggled to think of a round between six and ten that she lost really yeah it's awkward punching down as well because obviously the height difference was massive so sometimes it does take a lot out of you when you when you're not punching you know kind of like level is what mm. you, you you practice quite a lot I'm sure she would have done until you have to change opponents so it's, it is difficult but yeah I thought she came through it well and yeah. so, good so, luck to the girl so that was my uh, that was my Saturday evening anyway something a bit more positive you're listening to the Warsaw Boxing Podcast <laughs> with Liam Keane and Nathan Judah right let's talk some football then Liam let's talk some football then um, I don't want to but uh, I, I feel we need to. Look, I mean, on the face of it, it's, it's three defeats on the bounce, albeit two two being in the cup. Um, I mean, I wasn't at the Bristol Rovers game, which I know is a while a while ago now. We're not going to go too much over overall ground, Liam. But um, and you know, the, the, the league trophy is the league trophy or whatever. You know, it's, it's on on the scale of one to ten of importance, it's low down. But from those two games going into the South End game, could you take anything? Could you take anything away from those two, positive or negatively, or was it just it is what it is? You know, the the, the League Two is the most important thing. Oh, I was hoping we were going to go over this. The games are coming so quickly, and I don't forget mm. what day of the week it is, let alone, <laughs> let alone what game came up. Um, well, they they were against two League One sides. Um, so, well, to answer the second part of your question first, actually, the 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 league is obviously the most important thing. Of course, um, the I mean, Darrell hasn't quite gone as far as to say that, but he did. He did say it was their bread and butter when he was talking about the EFL trophy. Essentially, saying that he wasn't wasn't as bothered Not about bothered, it, yeah. uh, which I think his um, his lineup sort of uh, echoed that as well. But mm. um, it uh, if it wasn't for the prize money prize money on offer, then I think they probably would be even less bothered about the cups. Obviously, that was in, in the current climate an important aspect. But um, yeah. The the league definitely is the is the priority uh, first of all. But um, in in terms of those two games, they they played two League One sides. They second half against Bristol Rovers turned it on and um, and, and and played relatively well. Um, probably deserved to take it to to extra time. Um, uh, yeah, it was one of those games really that Bristol Rovers just just had too much for them in the end, but. They actually, they actually did all right. I mean, they they taken their chances, which is in the story of the season. Really, it's uh, Lavery had the the one goal he took, and then another header. They had several other chances before that. Um, against uh, against Oxford, it was uh, as I said, a, a sort of second string lineup, so to speak. Um, mm. And did they... anyone impress though? Who who's kind of been on the fringes? Who you would say, yeah, they've stepped up and uh, and and done themselves no harm. Um, I'm trying to remember who played. <laughs> 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 I think... Um, Cracking start his podcast, Liam. <laughs> I know the, the games were just coming so thick and fast and so quickly. I just it, it's so difficult to keep up with them. Um, it, it, I mean, Scott Sinclair, uh, Osadebi, Scrimshaw. Scott, Scott Sinclair was he moved down the division? Scott Sinclair, sorry, <laughs> yes, Stuart Sinclair. Um, you know, um, those are the kind of players I who Stuart Sinclair played okay. So, uh, funny enough, I thought Chat Nolan did okay actually. Um, okay, which is a, a player which I, I'm going to touch on later in the week with some asking Dowler about him recently, but. Um, he's a player who's only played in the um, in the EFL Trophy this season. He's played those mm. three games. He's not played any other game. Um, and the other two, he, particularly the Bristol Rovers one, he struggled. Uh, I thought he did okay. It was it was marginally improved than what it had been before. Um, I, I don't want to go too harsh on the lad, but in all fairness, it could it could have been much worse than, than some of the performances he, he put in previously. But um, yeah, as I said, there's a bit more. I was going to come on to that at some point later in the week with Daryl in that. He, Essentially, the ball's in his court um, with uh, with improving, but um, it was uh, that that game again. They against Oxford, they it, it was an awkward one where they they needed to win to guarantee they got through. Um, had they drawn, they would have um, they they would have been relying on the game uh, this Wednesday, Bristol Rovers and Chelsea under twenty ones as to whether they. Got so they wanted to they wanted to make sure one way or the other is basically yeah, what you say. Yeah, and uh, and obviously if they lost, they definitely would have been out, and then they ended up conceding late on. It, it it was a bit harsh, really. It was I think minimum they deserved to go to to go to penalties and uh, and see if they got the, the two points, the maximum they could have got from penalties. Um, but at the same time, is it maybe a blessing in disguise to? To be out of that competition and uh, uh, again prize money aside and be focusing on League Two 
I would probably argue yes. Um, the problem is you then you then go into a game on Saturday and with what we saw and what we came away with, um, it feels like perhaps it would have been a good uh, a good distraction playing three of eight of our trophy games. But um, I think yeah, like, um, overall it was good to get out of the way. I was going to say. Good. I was going to say sorry. I think you dropped out there, Liam, but I th- I'm fine. <laughs> I'll pass you for a second. Fine. Um, the thing. Oh, okay. Uh, the the thing that I was surprised about, and maybe you you probably know a bit more than well, you will know a lot, but more than me, is, is of course Danny Guthrie was on the bench for that game, as you can understand, you know, EFL Trophy. But I was surprised to not see him start um, on on Saturday. Any any reason behind that? Uh, as far as I'm aware, no. Um, I. I, I... The same. I was surprised. Um, the only because he's he's been one of my pick of my pick of the players when I've watched them. Yeah, I think he's played well when he has um, when he has been fit as well. Um, I, I can imagine that uh, it's easing back in with um, with an issue, obviously, with his fitness last few weeks. Um, and then I imagine it's also with an eye on the two games coming up with Cheltenham and Newport, mm. who, who, as we speak, are both currently in the top three. So. Um, if... Sorry, pardon for the dogs, but uh, their, their food is just arriving, so um, they'll, they'll they'll be quiet in about in about thirty seconds. But you can, you can carry on, mate. <laughs> is that uh, is that a chef bringing the food out of it? It's the it's the chef. They, have, they do have their own. Um, it's called Butternut Box, which is chef meals, uh, dog wow. meals, um, beef, lamb, uh, pork, chicken, and turkey. So they they do enjoy it. Uh, to be honest, mate, they smell fantastic. I mean, they're done like people can eat them. It's it's kind of people food for dogs. So um, see, I wasn't even yeah, be delighted, sure though. if uh, if it was chef made. I just made the assumption and I was bang on. Um, so, um, um, yeah, with 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 Guthrie, it's uh, it's one of those where um, I, I I think it was more with an eye on the two games coming up where he's going to be more influential because on paper, looking at South End. Did they particularly need Guthrie in that game? Not necessarily. Um, I thought Bates actually played very well, aside from his sending off at the end. Um, and realistically, Walsall should have had enough to beat them anyway. Um, so I think I think that's likely the reason is that there's an eye on, on the two games coming up. Oh, Liam, so no Guthrie, but you know whether there was Danny Guthrie playing or not, uh, you know that game, at least before before the 90 minutes started. You're expecting three points, and Warsaw Warsaw have had some difficult, tricky games, and they've negotiated them, and they've drawn a lot of games, and they're kind of t- looking at the table, think, well, they've got some good games to come, and then you win, and then they're right up into that top four, top five, top six, and they've done all that hard work. You feel for a game like Southend at home, and then they produce that. Yeah, it, fe- it feels. I think you've hit the nail on the head there. It feels like a bit of work undone really doesn't it it's um mm. it was what nil nil with exeter who were a good side um exeter funny enough actually drew with south end um draw draw with the uh, colchester and again they should have won really uh draw away at bradford which away at bradford any any point there is, is a pretty decent point um and then they go and take all these results where uh, winning the last game uh last league game as well and then coming into this and uh if you if you win this, you first of all you're winning a game that people expect you to win. Um, mm. But secondly, you're you're adding that's six points from the last two league games. I know there's two cup losses in between that. Yeah, that's fine. We said that, you know. That yeah, you, just look you, at you, the, you so, you'd, you'd swap a league win every single time. Yeah. Mean you're going out of both cups. One one league win or going out the trophy and the FA Cup at the first at the first. Hundred percent, and the yeah. and the caravan, whatever. The league's the most important thing. Exactly. So that was the, that's the frustrating thing. Do you feel? Do you feel there's a bit of complacency? Maybe we were complacent. I think I was complacent going into the game. Do you feel that uh, that maybe the players showed that, or it just wasn't their day? There were too many poor performances. Um, I, I, I'm happy to admit it after the game, but I, I was a little bit concerned ahead of the game as well, if I'm honest. I mean, I um, not necessarily because of the, the team itself, but I mean, Warsaw historically, it's it's typical, isn't it? That they're going to go into a game against a team really struggling and lose, mm. they'll probably get six points from Chatham and Newport, yeah. Newport coming up now. Um, so I was, just in terms of the, the history side of it, I was a little bit concerned. Um, but realistically, they, sh- they should have they should have won that game, shouldn't they? Um, yeah. yeah. Southend, what, two points all season. Um, they hadn't won a, a game in League Two. I'm actually not sure if they won a game at all in the Cups as well, but I'm not 100% sure on that. Um I mean, they, they, they were all over the place. And I think it sort of showed in the first 10, 15 minutes as well, where aside from their, their chance they had that 
their lad Goodship should have scored as well, but Liam uh, Liam Roberts made a good a good save. Um, they they looked pretty bad in the first ten fifteen minutes. They every time they got the ball, they were giving it away. They were kicking it out of the corners and throw-ins. They were they looked nervous on the ball. They looked devoid of confidence. They didn't know what and, and also looked really relatively up for it. I mean, Roy Holden got on the ball a couple of times, ran into the box. Keaton Lavery had an early opportunity. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, I said this on the video after the game with you as well. They just sort of sat back and admired what they'd done in the first ten fifteen minutes, and they hadn't even scored a goal. It was very bizarre. They yeah, sort of sat it was. back and allowed allowed Southend to have the ball, allowed Southend to have pre- um, create pressure and, and create opportunities, and they had a few chances themselves. Um, against a team like that who were struggling so badly, it baffles me as to why they did not just put the just just, just go at them, just really. Pump the ball into the box, even if it's long balls into the box at, at times. Just really put them under pressure. They, well, they, look, they had mistakes in them. I mean, Southend have got a goal difference of minus nineteen. You know, <laughs> minus nineteen. That win lifts them from twenty fourth to twenty fourth. They've conceded twenty five goals this season. They've only scored six. So you can imagine that they're, you know, poor at home, but pretty shocking away. And yet they've managed eleven shots. And seven of them on target. I'll be stunned if they've had any type of that success anywhere else this season. Well, it'll be interesting to look back at it, actually, which I, which I may do after this. But it, I think you're, you're right, bang on. And in terms of the complacency question you asked, I I wouldn't necessarily categorise it as that. Um, there have just been way too many games this season. And, and bear in mind, there have been plenty of games where they, Colchester, for example, where they should have won it and they didn't, but they, they got a draw. They've actually had some good performances. But there's been far too many games this season where they have particularly not shown up at the beginning of a game, first mm. half, where it's almost as if, and the players have alluded to this a few times in interviews as well, where it's almost as if they're they're waiting to go behind to have something to fight back for. Um, yeah. To come yeah. back from 1-0 down, get a point away at Mansfield after being 1-0 down, after actually what was a decent start there uh, at the beginning of the game as well. And... Um, it just seems that they, that, that perhaps it is, it is a little bit of complacency. I don't know, but it just feels like the motivation side of it is that they're they're waiting for something to to fight for in the game, which seems strange, particularly as I've just said there against a team in South End, that if you just put them under a bit of pressure, which Warsaw did in the first ten minutes, and they were giving the ball away, they were making mistakes. Their centre halves, aside from heading the ball, were pretty useless, um, and then for the rest of the first half and. Frankly, majority of the second half, despite having a lot of possession, uh, Warsaw didn't really put them under much pressure. It was um, it was very strange, if I'm honest with you. I think it, they should have had more of a gun ho approach. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. And you know, <laughs> stats are stats, and sometimes stats can be um, they, they don't they don't they're not 100 percent accurate when you're looking at threats. 18 shots, but I can't really remember Oxley being tested too much no. in the uh, in the South End goal either. And um, which which begs the question, Liam. And we've talked, and we talked, and we talked, and, and we've you know, talked to death really about about this squad and, and not too much movement over it, you know, over the summer, which is a good thing with with the amount of you know the volatile situation of League Two and the current environment that that they were set up for success really this season. Okay, everybody would like one, two, three, four more players, but relative relative to to the rest of the league, they're pretty. The, the, they were pretty confident going in, and I think Darrell Clark was looking forward to working with the same amount of players. How is there enough goals in this team, in this squad, for them to challenge this season? Is that the main issue? Um, it, it's potentially the main issue. Uh, however, I do still think the answers are there. I do. Now, I'm, I'm, my mind may change over the, over the coming weeks or months, but as it stands, I do still think that the, the answers are there because we've seen it in flashes, haven't we? We've seen, even with any game, if you, if you boil it right down to a five-minute spell in a game, which obviously isn't good enough just to do it in that sense, but mm. just boiling it down right down to that, they've had moments in games, Saturday aside, where they've looked really, really good. They've had halves of games where they've looked really, really good. They've rarely put a 90-minute performance together, but a 75-minute performance. It's, uh, and then they put strings of five, six, seven results together, which they've done end of last season. They they did partway through this season. Um, and I do think the answers are in there. I think the goals are in there. 
Um, I think the creativity is in there, but it all comes down to the system. It comes down to the players available. Um, and for me, the system isn't working at the moment. It's it's the major plug in the major gap in the in right midfield, which has been something I've spoken to Daryl about several times. Everyone is aware of that of that issue. For me, it is um, they started the season playing forty three one. Uh, with Josh Gordon on the right uh, and um, holding in behind either Adebayo or Lavery. Mm. And um, they ended last season uh, before the curtailment doing that as well and had a run of five games without uh, a defeat in League Two. Um, and, and we're playing very well doing that formation and that system. It started the season very well using that formation, that system. Uh, and then Josh's injury has essentially scuppered the whole thing. Um, obviously... One injury shouldn't make that much of a difference to us to a system, but because of the the players they have, it's made it's made all the difference. Josh is obviously a key player, um, but with, without without him there, they have to change to four four two and put Holden out on the right, or they change to four or they stay with four two three one rather, and they play what, what has been a few times Lavery playing on the right, but it's never worked with Lavery on the right. It's not you don't think there's a place for Osadebi in this side? Uh, I do think there's a place for him. There's a bit um, more, just a bit of a chance to, maybe just to play closer, closer to to Elijah as well, and just give him a little bit of support because he looks isolated at times. I know that the Josh Gordon partnership, you know, was working really well with with you know, they they really worked well together. I'm not saying they were playing both playing up front. I know Josh was on the right, but he he looked like he looks like a different player without him in the side, and that's that's Elijah's got to work it that out for himself as well, and the penalty miss aside and, and whatnot. You know his overall play in the game was nothing like what we saw at the start of the season. Whether he's got to step up now and, and, and own it, or he's got to get support, like you say, from that right that that right hand side and get that sorted out, or as well the left. I mean, Wes McDonald has been anonymous the last couple of games that I've seen him, and he's some you know one one of you would think your, your main guys, but he hasn't been that that person who's been who's been getting past players, getting crosses in that you've seen recently. So so I think quite a few of them have got to look at themselves and really sort themselves out before this gets away from them. Yeah, if I can come to those, there's two points there separately, really. So, Wes, mm. I'll come on to you in a second. But with the, yeah. the right midfield, Osa Davey, Holden, etc., essentially what you've got is you've got two players in Osa Davey and Holden, which I think is obvious to everyone, and Daryl has said it himself on record, uh, that both of them are better suited to the number 10 role. Mm-hmm. So that is obvious, I think, to everyone. Yeah, yeah. Um, now, the issue they've got is they can only play that number 10 role when they've got someone else to go out on the right. So, the issue they've got here is they haven't got anyone who suits the right midfield. It's quite as simple as that. For a mm. year and a half now, they've needed to sign an out-and-out experienced right winger. Now, if I can be diplomatic to say that they don't grow on trees, it's not easy to find the right player, but then... Obviously, the financial issues with the coronavirus have, have, have scuppered any, mainly any signings with that as well. So, um, Josh was doing a very good jo- job there. He was scoring the odd goal there. He was getting, he, and he just worked. He he worked there because he worked so hard. He drifted inside, and they also interchanged. Holden would come out to the right occasionally, and when Holden's got that freedom to play, he's much much better. Um, now, funny enough, this season I have actually seen the odd game with the Holden on the right and he's actually done okay uh, he, he's, he's far and improved as a player from what he was last season so he can actually play on the right and do okay but he is still much better in behind so the issue they've got is that without Josh there uh, Jack Nolan at the moment is not doing the business he's mm. he's not playing to the level they want him to play at so with Josh not there um, they're forced into a 4-4-2 formation essentially playing Holden on the right and <laughs> hoping it works and at the moment it isn't working um my, uh, you mentioned Osadevi. My suggestion to that would be you play either Osadevi or Holden in behind and play the other on the right and stick yeah. and play the four-two-three-one. Um, obviously, you then drop Lavery or Adebayo out of the team, but uh, you then have options from the bench. So that that would be something I would potentially look at again um, because they have done that once or twice a season, but not not as often as I potentially would try. But it boils down to the fact they haven't signed someone an out-and-out right winger and. Josh is injured. That's what it boils down mm. to, essentially. Um, and you mentioned with Wes. Yeah. Uh, there is a, there is a, I think it's Volta Warsaw have put one of the questions in, which um, I'll answer. Oh, okay. I'll, I'll answer now, just because you brought it up with Wes. Okay. But, yeah. um, 
they asked who the biggest disappointment has been this season, it would it would be Wes for me. Um, I he's slightly burdened by the fact that he had such a good season last season that the fans and teammates and media and management all want to see him do exactly what he did last season. Now it's not an excuse to say that because that's there's that burden of expectation on him that he that it's uh, he gets away with playing poorly. But just to make it clear that that is there and that's obvious. But for me, he he's had a few second half appearances that he, where he's done well and did slightly better on Saturday in the second half. But Saturday first half was potentially the worst I've ever seen from him. I thought he was I thought he was really poor. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like him as a player, um, and he, he's always been uh, he's always been very good to chat to as well. But he. he you have to be honest to say that anonymous is the right word. I think it's the word I use to describe him in the player ratings as well. He was absolutely, absolutely nowhere near, nowhere to be seen. Um, I've, I've spoken to Daryl about him a few times this season because he's not really been at it all season. As I said, he's had the odd half here and there, but more often than not, he's been poor first half and sort of turned it on a bit in the second half, which I, I think he did against Chelsea under 21s. He was poor first half, second half, sort of turned it on, uh, scored a goal, did quite well. So. I've asked Daryl about it a few times and he defended him a few times as well to say that, look, he, just because he's not getting the goals and assists doesn't mean he's not playing well, etc, etc. And, and then also saying if we lump balls forward and not into Wes McDonald's feet, he's not going to be able to do much with it. And, and I do agree with that. Um, however, there have been plenty of times and there was plenty of times on Saturday as well where he's, he's had the ball to feet and he's just taken three, four touches too many. He's giving the ball away. He's not making the simple pass. You saw against, um, I forget who it was against now, um, but it was one of the home games where he did a 1-2 with George Nurse a few weeks ago. Um, uh, actually, no, apologies. It was the Mansfield away game. Um, he did a 1-2 with George Nurse. Um, just a simple, very, very simple 1-2. Nurse went down the left, crossed it, Adebayo scored. Um, but he's not doing the simple things well. What he needs to do is, is do all the stepovers, do all the... The fancy flicks at the right time, but when the, when it's not the right time, get the ball into feet, yeah. play into midfield, play into whoever whoever's playing left back, make make the next run, make yourself available for the ball again, and that's not what he's doing at the moment. And someone tweeted recently to say that when Wes McDonald's at his best is when he plays the ball simple, and mm. I totally agree with it because at the moment he's overcomplicating it, and I think it's because he's trying to force something to happen. Um, and one of these days he's going to do that. He's probably going <laughs> to curl one in from twenty five yards. Um, and we'll all be speaking about how great he is again. But at the moment, he's not doing the right things. Um, he just needs to be more simple and more direct, I think, as well. Get the ball, play a nice one too, and, and run out there uh, at their fullbacks. Um, okay, too often now, he's trying to turn inside. He's trying to play fancy flicks, and it's not working. But there is a player there. Just needs to get the, the best out of him. But that, and he had one or two iffy spells last season as well. He got taken out of the team. So perhaps it's, it's time to give him a rest. Um, the only problem with that is who you're going to play in left midfield. They haven't, I mean, Oscar Davies going to come into the wing again, or if George Nurse comes back from injury, he could potentially play there. But otherwise, they, they've not really got anyone else mm-hmm. to go there. So it's uh, the wings at the moment are the two are the, are the issue. They just need to get those flowing again, like they did last season. Twelve, 12 games to play, Liam. Sixteen points. Um, you know, I mean, they're the right slap bang in the middle of the table, really. They're, they're, they're not too far away from, from the playoffs, I guess, if they if they win a couple of games. But they're closer to the bottom than they are the top as well. So, Or relegation zone than they are, than they are the top of the table. So um, it's it's frustrating. And I think as well, with, with no fans not being allowed to go to the games as well, there's a lot... I mean, I've, I've... Obviously, a lot of people know that, you know, I do a lot of the Wolves games. And I think you've got this as well. You get a little bit more vitriol, I think, because people are frustrated that they can't... They can't get to the games and show their emotions, whether it be just shouting or, or celebrating or, or, you know, or, or talking to the mates down, you know, down the pub afterwards or, or whatnot. So I think maybe social media, you know, it, it's, a, it's a frustrating time for, for anyone, you know, not just football fans at the moment. And then maybe the, the negativity, the slight tinge of negativity is something, I think, a contributing factor with the situation that we're all in at this moment in time. However, there are calls... <clears throat> For Daryl Clark to go, there are some people who want to see him out. Um, well, I'm going to go straight into the into the questions, uh, Liam, because the first one is about Daryl Clark. So you know, talk about this and talk about maybe answer this question as well because it's about Daryl Clark from James Kendrick and says, "Do you think the fans starting to turn on Daryl Clark is justified or unfair?" 
Also, is there any indication on whether we are in a position where we could sack Clark if Pomlet felt we needed to, or are we stuck with him even if things get really bad because of the money? So there's a lot, lot of things there to, to discuss. I'll, I'll leave the floor and open the floor to you. Yeah, so it's... Um, it- Despite having just come off a bit of a rant about the wings, um, it's uh, it's very easy to to be negative. As, I mean, I'm a football fan myself. We we're football fans, we're we're a sensitive bunch, aren't we? we oh, we are. As, as soon as things something goes wrong, it's straight onto whoever's back, whether it's a player, a manager, whoever it is. Um, but I and don't get me wrong, if you, the South End result and performance in isolation was terrible in isolation really really poor however the overall picture is not quite as bad as, as some people are, are making out it's uh, i understand that as we said already th- it's three losses in a row two of them were, were, t- were cup games but in the league it's only the second loss uh i know there's too many draws but in terms of losses it was only the second league loss the other one was to Cambridge, who are going to do very well this season um and they are currently what 13th is it in the league and mm-hmm. three points off the playoffs which is is a weird yeah there's thing a few to... they've got i mean port vale colchester crawley uh, not crawley um salford have all got games in hand but yeah i mean essentially as it stands three points off the playoffs yeah. although goal difference you know they're gonna have to start scoring some goals yeah. as well <laughs> goal difference, yeah exactly yeah. but it's three it, if some of those games in hand it's Four to six points, something along those lines. It's still, it's not, it's not a million miles away, is it? It's a sure. lot close. It's a lot closer than I think some people make out. And particularly as reactions come in directly after a game, you're talking half an hour after a game. People are still talking about how bad they were, calling for Clark to go, etc., etc. I think, I think once people take a step back and sort of look at it objectively and and, and, and realise that this team actually has made a lot of improvements on last year. Um, they're harder to beat, and I mean, <laughs> they haven't scored. They haven't scored enough goals, obviously, but they are harder to beat. Um, and they had a something of a consistent run about three or four, or five weeks ago. Um, that has then sort of turned into a little bit of inconsistency. But there is, there is a, there is a team in there that has just been plagued by a few injuries, which I know a lot of teams have. And the schedule is very tight, and it's not giving ex- excuses for for Saturday, but it is a an objective way of stepping back and looking at it and thinking they're not actually that far away. Now, whether mm. you think the answers are in the squad is is, an, is something for each person to have an opinion on. I personally think they they are there or thereabouts. Um, so, in terms of um, whether it's unfair or not to to have calls on on, on Daryl, I think I think that's going to happen. Whether I think that's gonna, whether it's unfair or not, I don't know. I think it's going to happen constantly throughout the season. It happened constantly last season. They had six game, six losses in a row in October last season, and um, that sixth game at uh, away at Swindon, two one loss. It was ev- everything I could see on social media was Daryl Clark this, Daryl Clark that, get him out, blah blah blah. And then a few months later, it was all uh, sunshine and roses again because they were they were winning games again. And that's the that's just the roller coaster of football, isn't it? Um, whether it's unfair or not is I would I would lean towards slightly unfair, um, only because of they haven't had that many losses, particularly in the league. Um, and uh, I think once they have one or two players come back, it's going to look a lot healthier. Um, and then in terms of the the resources side of it, so Darrell signed a three year contract in May twenty nineteen, so he's what a year and a half into that. Um, so it's not a question uh, I've asked. Having looked, at having obviously with the, the financial situation, it would be surprising if there was a if there was money available to sack him, um, because you'd imagine there would there would be compensation involved in that, and whether there would be any discussions, you know. To, to have him leave without compensation, I don't know. But um, I mean, I, I remember having an interview with um, with Lee Pomlet probably what, January this year, so al- almost a year ago. Um, mm. And I asked him about the October run of of six losses and said, at, at any point, were you close to sacking Daryl Clark? Now, he 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 may have been closer than he said he was. I don't know, but you've got to take him on face value and what he said to me. And he said, I wasn't close at all. I I, I believe in the the project that well, that's me paraphrasing but he, he believes in, in 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 what they're doing there so i don't think they're going to be jumping at um 
two losses, despite how poor it was on Saturday. I don't think they can be jumping at two losses in the league and thinking about looking elsewhere, if I'm honest with you. Okay, well, there's a couple more questions about Clark, slightly different. Um, um, I mean, you you said yourself as well, I think after that performance, it was an important press conference for him, post-match press conference, and uh, and he came out and, and you thought he was pretty good. So so just on the back of that, um, Nathan Brand, Adam Guest have both got questions, so I'm just going to read them back to back and then and then leave it, we'll finish off Clark there. Um, Nathan Bryant says, did you sense anything weird in Daryl's tone on Saturday uh, that he was furious uh, after other bad defeats? He says, uh, Carl out in the last year especially. Why do you think he seemed to take a different approach after Saturday's game? Um, if you think he did, um, he just thought it was odd. Adam Guest says, is Daryl trying to be too clever for his own good? And does he overestimate the ability of players at our level to adapt to multiple game plans over a single match? Right, there's a lot to unpick. So, mm. um, yeah, that Carlisle one's an interesting one. I think I would also pick out Oldham, which was October last year. Uh, 2-0 loss away at Oldham on a Tuesday night. Um, it was really poor and Darrell was furious after that game, um, talking about the mentality again and sort of blasting players. Um, interesting that, uh, I forget what the name of the chap you just said, but interesting that he thought it was odd, Darrell's time. Nathan Bryan. Nathan Bryan. Thank you, Nathan. Um, he was interesting that... <laughs> thank he used you. to work at the Express and Star. Thank you both, Nathan. Um, <laughs> it was uh, it's interesting he thought it was odd because I actually sort of thought it was... The, I, I actually sort of thought it was the opposite, really, in that... Um, he could have very easily come out and, and screamed and shouted and, and said mm. this and the other. But he, he was rather composed about the way he went about it. But if you look at actually what he said, he's, he's been pretty scathing about them still. Uh, his first words were, it was a rubbish performance. Um, then gone on to say about, if they don't want to be bog-standardly, two players, this, that and the other. And then uh, I've got a story coming out uh, tomorrow as well, um, him talking about um, the... I remember what I said now. <laughs> uh, oh yeah, about them learning and developing and stuff. And he he, he says, well, how the, how long are they going to take to do this? They need to step up to the plate, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So um, he he was pretty scathing about it, but in a more sort of composed way of bringing it across. And I I always think that that bodes better for managers to to come across more sort of level headed, more measured in the way they're they're speaking, um, which I think he did. Um, I'm sure there'll be times as well where he, he later in the season where he'll explode at a performance, and I'm sure he says things behind the, the scenes as well. But he, he to us uh, on Saturday, he was pretty measured about it. Um, mm-hmm. And remind me the second part of that <laughs> that question, or the second question rather. Yeah, is Daryl trying to be too clever for his own good? Uh, does he uh, yeah. overestimate the ability of players at our level to adapt to multiple game plans over a single match? It's an interesting one because it's um, it's always been sort of billed to us, described to us, and I suppose you see it in, in person at games as well, that it's a, a different game, different project, and it's they essentially set up to to either exploit a weakness in the opposition or to defend against a strength of the opposition. So um, potentially, potentially overestimating what, what the players at this level can can take on. But at the same time, they've got, they have got a few players in there that are experienced and played at high levels. Um, I mean, there's there's a couple of players there that played in League One uh, with them uh, a couple of seasons ago. Dan Scar, Josh Gordon, for example. Danny Guthrie's played at <laughs> played Champions League football. Um, Keelan Lavery's played what Championship League One football. Um, so it's uh, there are there are players in there with experience as well. Um, James Clark, another example, played League One for for plenty of years as well. So. Um, it, it is a question I, I I've put to him before in that in that can players take on a new sort of not necessarily a new style but a new um, a new system. It's, mm. I'm not sure that's the right phrase, but it's just a, a new way of attacking. Just needs to be adapt really. adapt yeah, pretty quickly, it, don't they? And whether they need to find more of an identity, and that's what they had at the beginning of the season. They had more of an identity. They had a four two three one, and that was an identity that they that mm-hmm. they started to put together, and it was working. They they five games. Uh, end of the last five games, sorry, last season, beginning sort of five, six, seven, eight games of this season, it was working, uh, and then it's and then since then, it's um, injuries have, have meant they've had to to change it. But I think the the Barrow away game, playing five of the back there, is, is is a good example of of this question because they played five of the back, uh, changed to that to sort of match Barrow, and it didn't work. Uh, every time I've seen five of the back, I've, I have not really liked it to be honest in the, in this Warsaw team. Um, so it, it is it is something perhaps I'll revisit um, 
in terms of how players can adapt to to a new system each game or, or a new style or a new way of attacking the, the opposition. Um, I think at times they potentially need to focus more on themselves um, with, with, with striking a balance between it as well because you, you can't be sort of ignorant to the opposition at the same time. What's the uh, what's the latest on Josh Gordon? Oh, you, I was having a sip of water then. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, man, to give you a lot, of, uh, a lot of time there. But, you know, we talk about him being yeah. integral to this side and talk about... You know how good he was to start the season, and uh, you know incredible confidence player, and and, and definitely found his um, his calling. I think looked like it looked looked fantastic. They looked fantastic at the start of the season. They really did Walsall. And I, I thoroughly enjoyed watching them. It's a completely different different Walsall that I'm watching this moment in time. So if he is so important to this side, I do feel that that Walsall should be challenging in without Josh Gunn. They've got enough quality players to do that, but. If you are looking at him coming back and, and linking up and, 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 you know, it's not guaranteed. He might take a few games to get going as well, remember, Josh Gordon. He's not going to be, you know, the, 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 the next answer to, to five or six wins on the bounce. So you've got to give him a bit of time to get back from this and rehab this injury. But when can we expect to see him back on the pitch realistically? Yeah, that, that's a very important caveat to that. He's going to need a few weeks, obviously, isn't he, to get back up to speed. But, um, yes, yeah, so he a, a week ago today, uh, he saw the consultant. Um, it's healing well, um, and the the latest is that after Saturday's game against Cheltenham, he's hoping to get the brace off on his leg, um, and then from there they're looking to sort of up the rehab, um, sort of increase the intensity a bit, and then it will be looking at early to mid December if everything comes in on time. Um, to be back in, yeah. on the plane. Well, yeah. I mean, that's not that's that's better than I thought, to be honest. Yeah. So it, it, it's that that's going to be the case. Obviously, if everything goes well, if there's no sort of relapses, um, everything's sort of on time. But again, as you said, he, his first game back, oh, I'd be shocked if he if he starts a game. Oh yeah, yeah of he, course. He's, yeah, he's going to come on for what twenty minutes, maybe something. And like they've that. got it's going to be and they've got games, gradual. haven't they? I mean, it's game game central. You know, <laughs> yeah, uh, Warsaw no Bolton twelfth, Oldham fifteenth, Fort Vale nineteenth, Salford twenty sixth. Scunthorpe 29th, Carlisle 2nd. I mean, that's a mental amount of games. I mean, begun to imagine how we're going to schedule those games with the uh, with uh, with people on shifts and stuff. But, um, you know, he's not going to play back-to-back games in that period, yeah. I wouldn't have thought, anyway. You know, but, but 15, 20 minutes here, half there, you know, yeah, exactly. and then and then build up to a game. That could, that could be the perfect way. And even even having him just around the squad again and, and training and, and back on the pitch will, will give everybody a boost. Well, he's a, he's a big character. I spoke to Josh plenty of times. He's, he's a big character in the dressing room. Um, everyone there knows he's, he's, he's one, of their, one of their best players, really, isn't he? He's a very good player. Um, he's very good at League 2 level as well. So um, they... I think you're bang on there. Just having him back in... The, he's obviously... Something that Dan will focus on quite a lot, actually, is, is even players that are injured or players that are not involved in matchday squads, they have to be there watching the game every every mm. single time. Um, mm. Unless they're going to Carlisle or Barrow, I think, they, I think they're allowed to stay home. <laughs> but um, for home games, they... Uh... Uh, I'm staying home as well for Carlisle or Barrow, <laughs> let alone the bloody squad. Um, for all the home games, they have, they have to be there and they have to be watching. So he is in and around the group still. It's not as if he's been isolated, but having him back in the dressing room in, the, in a playing environment right. is going to be huge. Um yeah, and I've been in that dressing room, mate. You, you can't fit the whole squad and the people outside the matchday squad in that dressing room. <laughs> um, I, I mean, just as you said, yeah, he's, he's going to take 20 minutes here, half here, working up to, to coming back to full fitness. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, realistically, I would assume you're probably looking at the new year for him potentially sort of being back in starting games. Um, right. Hopefully he'll prove me wrong and sort of back end of December, um, slightly earlier, it, it might be the case. But... Um, but yeah, if all goes well, that's when we're expected to see him. And um, he, he's going to be a major, major boost to this team. Um, okay. He's now got to uh, make sure he keeps fit as well because he, um, the knee is an awkward joint. Um, it's not a nice injury. Um, he's obviously fortunate in that it was a medial ligament. It could have been the, the, uh, the ACL or anything like that. It could have been a lot worse. Um, so he's got to be careful because he's quite a sort of um, gung-ho sort of player as well he goes into a tackle he wins a lot of headers um, so he, he throws himself sort of into the thick of the action so he's got to be careful not to to come away with an injury but we've also got to be careful understand that he might not come back the exact same player in the first mm-hmm. couple of games he comes back on he, he, mentally as well he might need a couple of weeks just to get himself back up to speed and sort of get comfortable throw himself into a tackle exactly, you know yeah, and... get comfortable to go back into, mm-hmm. a, into a tackle again because it, it sounds easy to, but I mean if for example, a player, I know it's not quite serious, but a player who breaks his leg, 
it has 18 months on the sidelines, com- comes back in. He's not going to fly straight into a tackle in the first week. He's back, no. is he? So it's, um, it's uh, yeah, he's, he's got to be allowed a little bit of leeway, I think, Josh, when he comes back in. But either way, he's going to be a massive, massive plus when he does come back in. And hopefully his timing is going to be perfect because they've got the week off uh, now before Saturday's game, which is, I think, the first in six weeks where they've not had a Tuesday game, which is crazy. Um, and then they've got plenty of games coming up. So he'll hopefully be thrown back into the action somewhere within um, a time when they've uh, when they've got quite a few games on and he'll, he'll be able to sort of make an impact from the bench a few times. So, it's uh, yeah, it's going to be good to have him back. He's, um, he's going to be much needed. OK, cool. Um, we've got some other good questions, Liam. So let's let's get through them. Let's because um, I, I, I want to answer everyone uh, who, who took the time to to send us a, a couple of a couple of thoughts in. So, yeah, we'll just we'll just race through these if you want. Um, but we've definitely tried to. Hopefully you appreciate the main subjects and we'll try to try to answer them in, in full. Hector says, uh, Eli is one of the um, worst penalty takers in the team. So so why let him take such an important one? Yeah, um, he's missed a couple, hasn't he, Eli? I think um, I, I remember uh, I went to the, this was last season, the EFL Trophy game away at Coventry, which was at St. Andrew Blues' uh, Birmingham's ground. Um, and Joe Massey was still covering the game. Um, it was one of his last games, and I went along to sort of watch and sort of meet. Well, I was meant to be meeting the manager, and then um, it wasn't him that did the interview <laughs> at the end. But uh, um, and he missed he, he, he missed the penalty in that game. He absolutely skied over the bar. Mm. Um, I'm trying to remember the beginning of this season and the penalty shootouts there, whether he missed one again. He very well might have done, but. I mean, this one he was slightly closer. He hit the he hit the crossbar. So Smashed <laughs> that, the crossbar. If, if, that, if that's a, if that's a positive note, um, is he going to be taking the next one though? I'd imagine not. No. Uh, the the two the two men that have been the the, the penalty takers is Josh Gordon and Keelan Lavery. Uh, Josh injured. Lavery came off before that penalty was given. Um, perhaps you look you'd have looked at um, Wes or Rory Holden could have taken it, but. At the end of the day, Adebayo was the only striker on the pit. Oh, I suppose Scrimshaw, but he's a, a young lad on loan. But he was the only major sort of senior striker on the pitch. Um, you you want to see your striker pick, you pick that ball up and take the ball, don't you? You want you want to see him with confidence take it. And if I'm honest, I didn't think he looked particularly confident, and then he missed mm-hmm. it. So mm-hmm. um, hopefully that doesn't sort of hold him back too much because he's um, he, he can be a bit of a, a confidence player, Elijah. And, and he has played a lot of games this season already, and played a lot of had a lot of good performances. Um, maybe slacked off a little bit in the last couple, but um, yeah, it's uh, for me. I wouldn't I wouldn't begrudge a player for for picking the ball up and wanting to take the penalty because it's not an no. easy thing to do. As as some fans might think, it's only twelve yards. I think it it shouldn't be it shouldn't be hard, but it it's a lot harder than they think. Um, so I wouldn't begrudge him for taking it. Um, whether he takes the next one is another question. I think. I think Lavery's the man, isn't he? He, he? he took the one at Barrow a few weeks ago. And, um, yeah, if, if he was on the pitch, he'd have taken it, I think. OK. Um, good good uh, short question uh, answer there, uh, Liam. Um, Anthony Russell, uh, swapping and changing players, even even when they play well, he drops them to the bench the next game, like uh, Zach Jules and, and Josh Norman, two good examples. Josh Norman, is he? Yeah, Josh Norman, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's... Um... I've put this to Daryl a couple of times as well, and uh, his answer every time is that. It sorry, needs... Cameron. <laughs> yeah, sorry, Cameron. Uh, is that it needs to? Is that he's essentially having to change because of the schedule? Um, make changes. It is a question I, as I said, I've put to him. It's a question I always ask myself when I'm sort of analysing the game as well. In that, Zach Jules had a very good start to the season, was then dropped for George Nurse. Um, but in all fairness, George Nurse then played very well for a number of weeks mm. before he got his injury. Um, I'm trying to think. Uh, what was the other example that was given there? Was Cam Norman? Um, in all fairness, Cam Norman's played the vast majority of the games. Hayden Watts come in only sort of sporadically. Um, so yeah, it's it's a tough one really because you've you've got this issue where they don't want players to get burnt out. They don't want to run them down um, with with the amount of games they've got. Uh, but the one that stuck out to me was Osadebi. I thought he played really well away at Barrow. Um, and then the next week, he and he played the nine, full 90 in that game. He started the game, uh, and then he was dropped next week. Mm. And I, I didn't understand it. Um, and then he gets the odd sort of sub appearance here and there. Emmanuel doesn't. 
Um, don't get me wrong, he's come off the bench a few times recently and not done not done much, if I'm honest. But I, that particular game, I thought he played really well and then didn't didn't play. Um, and it's difficult, really, for me to speak speak for the management as to why why that is. Um, but I, the only answer I've had to questions similar to that in the past is 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 the schedule. That's that's the reason I've been given, and and it, which is understandable, and that they have to in that they have to manage the players. Um, but I'm, I I am always of the the thought that if a if if a player was played well or the, if a team has got a good performance, provided there's no physical reasons for them not going back onto the pitch the, the following week, I'm always of the opinion that that they probably should play. Uh, Nathan's got another question. Says uh, who also is uh, top two central defenders and should they always play together if fit? Yeah, that's an interesting one because it's been an ongoing sort of battle really because. When when fit, Dan Scar and James Clark have played virtually every time when fit. Mm. Um, James Clark has been injured for three or four weeks now, and, and Zach Jules has sorry Matt Sadler came in originally. Um, Jules played uh, left back, and then uh, Jules moved across on Saturday, and uh, Cochran Mollick came in. Um, I I thought Sadler played well in a couple of his games, um, but equally I thought Jules did as well. For me. I do actually quite. I think James Clark is a better player than he perhaps gets credit for at times. Um, but for me, on current form and, and taking into account James Clark's form before he got injured, I would say probably Scar and Jules would be my two at the moment. Um, yeah. But I do like the. I do like some of the um, competition they've got there because I do think Clark is a good player. Uh, I, know, I do. He, I he, do. He does get a bit of stick, if I'm honest, but I, I think he's better than he gets credit for. Um, and uh, and Sadler's come in as an experienced head and done well on a couple of occasions as well. So um, so yeah, for me on current form, it'd be Jules and uh, Jules and Scar. One pod beyond. When you burgle houses after Warsaw <laughs> games, do you prefer to go in through a door or a window? For, so for people who um who don't know, we're not we're not, um, we're not professional robbers, but um, a few of our two shots because we have to um we have to record outside as as uh, we have to be out pretty quickly after full time once the um. The managerial duties and the player interviews have taken place. We haven't got time really to to record inside this day with a nice backdrop. So unfortunately, being uh, being the temperature that it is outside and cold and wet and windy and, and probably a night game or even even three, four, five o'clock games now are, are dark. We we haven't got a lot of options, have we, Liam? We just pretty much look like we're about to wear. Uh, about to go on a little mini robbery around around uh, around Walsall. It's it's not a good look, but it's the only look we can come up with. Well, it, particularly with because uh, of obviously the coronavirus, we have to leave the stadium as soon as interviews are done. Now, don't we? It's not mm-hmm. um, normally we would try and keep the uh, the backdrop if we could, but yeah, um, yeah, it's, yeah. The, the lighting's difficult when it's outside the stadium. I don't know what, what can we do. I mean, if we're looking like the oh, you can't, you can't, you can't do a lot, we, mate. We unless you want to carry carry another huge <laughs> huge light with us. But even even then, we're still gonna. We're, st- oh, we're just going to look like well lit robbers, mate. To be honest, so um, yeah, I think um, I think you would definitely be be going up the door, mate. Um, sliding off a couple of stairs and then and then you know trying to put your hand on it and get the whole the whole heat on it while trying to get in. I'll be going down probably down into the cellar. Um, boots have come off. You see where I'm going with this? Nails on the floor. <laughs> well, I was going to say with, with the you can you can wear that cap as well. I mean, you could pull it off, mate. To be honest, with, with that, little, that little flat cap with the height difference between us, it, it does uh, it does uh, look like the home uh, home uh, pair, doesn't it? Uh, um, little wet bandits. It's, it's funny actually. Um, I uh, this sounds like a really weird thing, but in lockdown, I mm. I think for people that don't know, I think majority do. I live in Warwick. Everybody knows I'm in lockdown, mate. No, don't, no, not that. But no, no, no. I, I live in Warwick, which is not a particularly uh, dangerous place. Um, no, it's very posh, mate. Very upper class. It, very nice. Uh, parts of it are posh. I can actually categorically guarantee that my area isn't posh. <laughs> um, but I, yeah, I can understand it's not a particularly dangerous place. But in lockdown, my car window got smashed in um, just by wow. some kid. I, I've mentioned it on here before, I think. Just some kid who was, I'm assuming anyway, he was just messing around. They did it to another car like a few days later, and then since then, nothing happened. Hmm. Um Michael Beardmore, seen last seen in Warwick. <laughs> but um, I, I don't know why. I, I don't know if it was just lockdown, you know, like messing around or like messing with my brain. I don't know what it was. But I went on to on to Amazon and I bought a uh, a baseball bat. What? <laughs> <laughs> I swear to oh God. My God. No, and I, I just because I, I I've always had this thing where I, I sort of I, I don't I don't necessarily fear that something's going to happen. 
But I, yeah. always, I, always, I want something to be there just in case I need it. If you know what I mean? Just yeah. I'd rather have it there, peace of mind, something there. Just it's up against my wall, just in the corner. You'll be on those shows where you get pulled over for uh, going going fourteen or thirty, and and the, the copper comes, and all of a sudden you've got you've got a machete under the uh, <laughs> under the passenger seat. Well, it's just for my own protection, I, officer. I'd you like, know. I'd like to make it clear for any for legal purposes that I, I'm not planning on using the baseball bat for any uh, <laughs> anything illegal. No, no. No burglaries, no... Uh, but if there's the odd baseball no softball crime. game, mate, then you're absolutely sorted, aren't you? Do you know what I mean? You keep your boots at the back and, and a baseball bat and, you can, and all of a sudden you're banging home runs. Yeah, Happy man. days. It's a, it's a wooden one as well, so if I need to burn it, it's good of evidence. I can get rid of it. Love it. it. Yeah. Now, um, it's, um, so I've got that. And anyway, last night, um, about one in the morning, one of the dogs oh, started, oh. started barking. Okay. I woke up and I don't know why, I got up, I instantly grabbed the baseball bat. And I, and I sat up in bed holding it. Oh, shut I up! I swear to God I did this. I was sort of half asleep as well. I didn't even know what, what I was doing. But I got it and I sat up. And then I looked out the, the window. My bedroom's at the front of the house and there was, there was nothing there. So I just put it down. But actually, I, I put it down on the floor next to my bed as well rather than back in the corner of the room where it was. And I put it down on the floor there and went back to bed and kept it next to the bed. Bloody hell. Stop, it'll stop me surprising you on your birthday, mate. <laughs> Michael McIntyre running into your bedroom, Bloody playing hell, a couple yeah. of games. He's head caved in. Now, Jesus. Yeah, uh, that, that's a little insight into sort of. I don't know how my brain works. I just sort of. I don't know. I don't know, but anyone listening to this, any diehard Warsaw fans, if, if there's not a meme by the end of uh, this week of, of Lee with a baseball bat, then I'll be very disappointed. Yeah. Uh, so uh, you have to tag us into that one. I should really stop admitting these kind of things, shouldn't I? No, I mate. I oh, God. What? Can you imagine some of the stuff I said on the Wolves podcast, mate? I mean, it's ridiculous. You've got, yeah. you've got to, and the people who listen to these podcasts, mate, these they, these are the real fans. These are your diehards. These are the people that are, you know and love, and 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 you know, we have a special relationship with them. So you know, you're not you're not releasing, you're not writing it out there. So the majority of people who don't listen to the podcast, but this is like a little a little bonus, a little insight, a little bit that you get just for just yeah. for going that extra mile. So I present, think it's nice, yeah. mate. Present for me to them. Exactly. How completely deluded I am. Yeah, Glasgow kissing and a, and a bop, bop around the head, mate, with a, with a baseball bat. That's your little present to them. Uh, finish off with Richard Grice, uh, central midfield. Talk to me. Talk yes. to me. It's another thing that's been ongoing. Um, said it several times that for me, uh, actually, I've asked, I keep harking back to I've asked Darrell about this, this, but it's interesting to see what, what he said and, and sort of where I, my opinion and where the fans' opinion lies as well. But he basically, essentially, is how he, how he sees it. Um, this bit he hasn't said outright, but this is what I can gauge from him, is that Kinsella and Guthrie are going to be the starting two. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then essentially Sinclair is back up to Kinsella and Bates is back up to Guthrie. Um, yeah. So the idea is that it's it, it's a combination of sort of the a, a, a side and B side. It's a combination of one from either side has got to play. Um, the couple games that Sinclair and Kinsella have played together, um, I think it's happened twice this season, um, it's not particularly worked. Um, mm. Particularly the because I one of them I missed was the Forest Green game, but the the, the most recent one, the, both of them sadly were quite. It, it just it doesn't quite work. It's, it's equilibrium's off. Um, they they they're both sort of quite ratty players in the middle of the park trying to win the ball back, um, and there's no one there really to play it. Um, yes, so. That's the idea. Of I like that. I like that ratty player. I like that. It's <laughs> I mean, true, though. It's I'm, true. I'm, I know what I you mean. mean. No, no, all, no disrespect, yeah, but it's, it's, it's correct. Yeah, because I, I do actually, individually, all four midfielders, I actually like all four of them as players. I think they, I think they offer good qualities to the side. Um, but you've got to find the right combination of the two. Um, Bates, on Saturday, aside from his sending off at the end, I thought played very well. Yeah. Uh, was one of the, one of few players who played well. Um, and... For me, it is just getting the balance between that and having the four of them and having um, the schedule they've got. They can interchange it, and Sinclair hasn't actually played as many games as perhaps people have expected this season. So um, they have got the players fit and available to, to play. Um, and you've got a player like Sam Perry who hasn't played this season coming through. He, the one game he played last season looked very, very good, so perhaps he's going to get a, a shout at some point. But... Um, it's uh, it's just finding the right combination for me. Um, and with Guthrie, you'd imagine he's going to come in against Cheltenham. Uh, I already said I, I, I felt that he was. That's the reason he was held back on Saturday was for the two games coming up. But also with Bates now not not being available, mm. the uh, the suspension. So fully expect Guthrie to come in. Um, well, that's but 
moves on perfectly, really. Thank you very much for your questions to Cheltenham. Um, yes. They're going to have to play a damn sight better than they did on Saturday and, and probably a lot better than they have done in the last month to uh, to, to go there and, and get a result. Uh, Matt Cheltenham are flying uh, 1-7 and uh, only drawn one, lost four of their of their 12 games. And uh, yeah, they're going to be... They're going to be up there come the end of the season. Look, what they need a response. Walsall will need a response. They'll need a response. Daryl Clark will look for a response. And uh, it's an important game, really, because the last thing you want to do is go there, get beat again. Obviously, staying at four, albeit two in the cup, you know, on the bounce defeat. Because, um, you know, whether, whether whether it's a cup or not, you, people people like winning games. They don't like losing games. You don't want to go on a rot, especially before Christmas. And, yeah. and, uh, and yeah, this is... This is um, this is a, a performance and, and, a, and a game that they'll need to show a reaction. Definitely. A um, little bit of uh, nice trivia that you might enjoy. The, the st- oh, yeah, stadium, I like a bit of trivia. Stadium name for Cheltenham. What's the... Oh. It's not really trivia, it's just a bit of... <laughs> um, Don't Google it. No, I'm not Googling. <laughs> um, no, nah, I, I haven't got it. I think you'll like it. Go on. The Johnny Rocks Stadium. They will never have got that in a million years. <laughs> no, I know you wouldn't, but um, it's... Uh, Yes, Cheltenham are what they're third at the moment in the mm. league. They yeah. have uh, they've, they've had a very good start. And last season, I've said this a few times as well. Last season for me, Cheltenham, of all the teams I saw, were the best League Two side I saw last season. Um, mm. And that includes the teams that I saw that got promoted. I didn't see all of them, but I saw Swindon, I saw um, Northampton, um, and I thought for me, Cheltenham were the best side. I think it was three-one. Warsaw lost there last season. Yeah. And um, Cheltenham were just far superior last season uh, and seemed to have, uh, in, in that particular game, and seemed to have uh, uh, potentially even improved this year. Um, it's a game where response is key, but uh, in some ways the performance might even be more important than the result, um, which is perhaps a strange thing to say, some people might think. But I think if they can, if, if they can put together a performance they're proud of, then that just the pressure from the fan base, for example, might might ease slightly, even if they even if they do lose the game. Because had Warsaw won on Saturday against uh, South End, I don't think the opinion would really have changed for Cheltenham in that we're probably not expected to win. No. Um. So expectations were already tempered slightly anyway. The pressure is just increased now because of the fact they lost against South End. Um. Are they capable of beating Cheltenham? Of course. I mean, any team in this division is capable of beating another side um, but they've really got to turn it on to beat them, they're, they're a very good team um, and then um, Newport just after that as well, I mean Newport are first aren't they at the moment or second no first yeah, top of the top of the table with, with a game in hand as well mm-hmm. um, so it, it's a real test this is now because if they lose these two games it takes it from all competitions it takes it to five in a row lost and it takes mm-hmm. it to three in a row in the league um, and that starts to then come a, a much bigger problem than than it is at the moment with just the South End game in isolation. So, um, yeah, they, they, they've got to turn it on. But for me, you go to Cheltenham away, you get a point. You go into Newport with a bit of a, a point minimum. Obviously, three points would be brilliant, but a point minimum. Mm-hmm. You go into Newport away with a bit more of, um, a bit more backing, perhaps a bit more of, uh, confidence, a bit more of sense of belief. Um, and they had a, new, a nil-nil away at Newport last season, so come away with a result there, whether it's three or one point. I mean, asked fans before the, these two games, would they take two points? I think so, definitely. Away at two teams that are currently in the top three. Sure. So it's um, it's a game yeah on the back they... of a on the back of a win against South End, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> on the back of a loss, would they take two points? I think so. I really do. I, yeah. So I think it's it's a case of um, managing expectations against two very good sides um and but there comes a point Liam where you, you know if you if you're gonna be challenging that you need to go to some of these sides and and, and have some big wins as well you know no you, you, you're 100% right the, the issue with Warsaw and it was similar to last year was that they did poorly against the, the sides towards the bottom they actually did better yeah. against the sides towards the top they lost to Carlisle twice I believe they lost to Morecambe at home um, they lost a few games Oldham away as I mentioned already and all of those didn't have a particularly great season last year um, so it's uh, yeah it's those are the games so Saturday for example those are the games where they need to be getting three points which does put pressure on of course but mm. I think just for this particular game against Challenge to be able to just to 
almost like a circuit breaker, just to get a, get a result of some sort. Uh, very topical. You're always very topical. I know, Liam. I know. I'm good, aren't I? Um, have a have a performance that they can actually be proud of in comparison to Saturday. Um, I think would do them a world of good. Um, as I said, come away with two losses in this, and it, the the position looks a lot worse than it does now, doesn't it? Um, so, yeah, it's it's going to be a very interesting week, I think, um, and a very difficult one at that as well. But I mean, imagine what everyone's going to be saying if they come away with six points. And oh, that's it. That's what I'm talking it's about, be, baby. It's going to be it's going to be HMS PI double S the league again. I won't say the word. I won't swear on the podcast. Is that oh, I don't know. I stopped that a long time ago, mate. It's fine. <laughs> um, right, so it's uh, it's Cheltenham against against Walsall. Liam, can you give me a prediction, please? Well, give me the big build-up now. I know. I'm gonna I'm gonna go one all. Okay. Um, a point, a positive outlook, and moving on to Newport. I think. Yeah, I think I think they're gonna I think they're gonna come away with with some sort of results, and it's gonna be slightly better. Um, but yeah, I, I can actually just very quickly caveat what I said, just to make it clear that not saying if they get two draws and then go and lose the next two games after that, then it's okay. But I mean, if they can get two draws minimum from these two games, get a couple of points on the board, and then build from it in the in the games following that, it then looks good, doesn't it? It, it then looks like two good points earned. Uh, but they've got to set themselves up with good performances and good results first in those two games to then be able to build on it with some wins against the likes of Tranmere coming up, for example, and uh, and uh, another team. So, uh, Oldham coming up relatively soon as well. So, um, team games that are, you'd say were probably more winnable. Um, so, yeah, they've, they've, they've got to get something on the board in these games to set themselves up well. But if they get points in these games and then lose against Tranmere, lose against Oldham, I mean, it's pointless, then, isn't it? <laughs> it's, it's then going yeah. to look equally as bad. So, uh, just to make it clear, that's what I meant. <laughs> Good stuff, mate. I enjoyed it. Enjoyed it. Uh, get yourself, get your... Um... Get your shorts, get your t-shirt on, and get out of there for a run, mate. Said so you're oh, going to go for one this evening, so uh, it's going to be so cool. All, all the best, all the best with that. I get some tight whities on, mate. You'll be good to go. Some little leggings, you little jogger leggings. You'll be, you'll be okay. fantastic showing those, uh, showing those buns on uh, in the middle of Warwick, mate. <laughs> with, with, um, with the baseball work running round. <laughs> goodness me, yeah. I'm going to stick like a sore, stick out like a sore thumb. Uh, right, Liam, you will be at the uh, Johnny Rock. Johnny Rock. Johnny Rocks. With Johnny Rock Johnny Stadium, Stadium on Saturday. Uh, can't wait. Uh, we'll be back in a couple of weeks' time, but of course, uh, there'll be plenty of Warsaw action and reaction and previews um, on the Express and Star website. Uh, from me, from Liam, have a great week. Take care. Bye bye.